Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me here today on my channel on Build Your Tribe. If you're listening to the audio edition or inside the Marketing Impact Academy, if that's where you're tuning in today, I'm really excited for personal reasons to talk to Lauren Wright. And Lauren is an expert at helping people figure out how to monetize, grow, and promote their podcast. And everybody and their brother, including Oprah, has a podcast today. So how do you stand out? More importantly, how do you make it worth your effort? You can't just, like we could in the beginning, start a podcast and people would show up. Now the competition is fierce, which also means that there's lots of cool opportunities. And this is Lauren's expertise. Like this is her wheelhouse. This is what she does. She helps people figure out how to manage the business of podcasting. And today I am delighted to have Lauren here so she can answer some questions specifically about Patreon. And we're going to explain what Patreon is in just a moment. But to summarize it, I would say we're going to explore the options of making money with a podcast other than what you would think traditional methods are, such as finding paid sponsorship. So Lauren, without further ado, thank you so much for joining me today. Yes, thank you so much for having me. And I'm so excited to talk about this topic. By the way, if you guys haven't already, be sure to like and, and subscribe if you love this content, because I think you're going to find that this is going to be a really valuable conversation. And I'd love for more people who are podcasting to learn about this, because when I was doing my research on whether or not I should start a Patreon, the only thing I could find on YouTube were, well, I, I mean, there are a few little videos, but mainly they were focused on artists, you know, like mm -hmm. maybe some who's a singer or different types of artists. I couldn't find a lot specifically answering the questions that you're going to answer for me today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's actually how Patreon got started was for creators and not like how Instagram sees creators, but like the OG creators, like you said, artists, musicians, people that needed to find a way to make money for creating art. And that's what podcasters do. And that's why they've kind of taken over Patreon. <laughs> but that's how Patreon first got started. So is that accurate? Like uh, now it's more podcasters than it is artists? Yes. Just because podcasting is its own industry. So podcasters are like, oh, we can use this. This is designed partly for us. And so I think it just ha it's gotten that name notoriety and it's grown in the podcasting world because of that. So as I started thinking, well, first of all, the reason why I started to consider doing a Patreon, a couple of reasons. Number one, I subscribe to many different Patreons and I love it. I love getting that extra content. There are certain creators that there's something about just listening to their voice while I'm folding clothes or doing things. It feels like a friend is keeping me company. And I don't know if it's at my ADHD or whatever, but I really enjoy, they could just be reading from the phone book and I like their personality. So I'm going to pay for that because I want that extra content. Or in the case of like Heather McDonald, she produces like juicier content, like content that she doesn't necessarily want like exposed to the public. So it's for her like deep dive fans, if you will. So that was number one. And then knowing like, I think I'd like to do that. And then number two is I'm not interested in having more and more and more advertisers on my show. But I feel like that's the trend that's happening for a lot of podcasters. So I started looking into this subscription model. Obviously, Patreon's the most popular, but talk to me about other options and the trend. Yes. So other options that are similar to Patreon are Apple subscriptions. And they were launched in the middle of 2021, kind of a soft launch. So it's really just now, this is the beginning of 2022, kind of getting speed. If you use Apple Podcasts, because this is, of course, exclusive to the Apple Podcast app. So if you're using Spotify, Stitcher, 
any of the other smaller listening apps, you're not even, you know, probably even realize this is a thing, Mm. but you'll probably start seeing it now that you'll be listening to your favorite show and it'll show you that there's an option to pay $7.99 or whatever to to get their exclusive content. So you'll probably start seeing that. So if I'm to understand this correctly, if I were to go with, say, the Apple option of this versus Patreon or one of the others, then the only people who would have access to that are people who are listening on an Apple device. Correct. I mean, you're, you're already like limiting half your audience, right? Right. And it's so Apple-like to for Apple to assume <laughs> that like, oh, it's fine because everyone uses Apple. And we're like, okay, yes, I use Apple. I like Apple. But no, it's not the case with podcasting and with the world at large. That is so good to know. I hadn't even really considered that. What's the next most common, or I guess you'd say popular option aside from Patreon and Apple? Is it stackable? Wait, there's another one that I've heard other people talk about. Yeah, there could be another one, but not like at the level that Patreon and Apple subscriptions could like maybe at. Obviously, Apple has the the name recognition to be big. And Apple also makes it easy on the creator to set this up. So they have some things going for them because they're, you know, Apple. But yeah, there's other ways that you can do this similar thing. But Patreon and Apple subscriptions are definitely those top two. Got it. Tell us maybe for the person who's just beginning to understand what it is we're talking about, explain what we mean by when we say a Patreon or a paid subscription. Yeah. So what we're talking about is really a way for your listener to pay you for extra content, for what you're already producing. Some people take their whole show and put it over on Patreon and that's it, right? So Mm. most of the time you have a free show and then you have like a paid version or, and we can go into those details, but But yeah, so, you know, what you're doing is you're creating kind of like a membership, really. If you're kind of from the the course creation world, you're creating a membership. Mm -hmm. That's the podcast. That's the content. And someone's paying you a low fee monthly to access either what it normally is, is ad-free shows, bonus content, you know, access to you. So, you Mm -hmm. know, a Zoom party or, you know, something that just gets them closer to you once a month or so. Discounts on products. Like, you know, Heather McDonald does, like, you can come to a show and have, like, a backstage pass once a yeah. year if you're at, like, her highest tier. So yeah. things like that. So in other words, you're actually paying for the podcast. It, mm-hmm. It's a paid podcast. And there are some podcasters who are offering additional content, like bonuses, if you will. Like, if you pay a, a certain amount, you get... X amount of extras, or as you said, a discount or access to the creator in some additional way that isn't available on a traditional free podcast. Are there podcasters who they don't even have free content? They started or they are exclusively at this point on a Patreon platform? Yeah. Yeah. There definitely is. I find like the more, the bigger ones aren't. But there are, there's definitely people that move and some people do it for because they've been censored. Uh, and without going into yeah. all the craziness, you know, of the world in the last couple of years, you can be censored for all sorts of reasons. And totally. so they move so that so Patreon is a less censored location to produce content. So people have moved over there for that reason as well. YouTube is one of those, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I was just listening to uh, just before we started one of my favorite podcasters and he was saying, normally I would put this content on YouTube, but because I'm actually talking about differing opinions as it relates to COVID, 
I can't even put this on YouTube or I'll be banned. Mm -hmm. I was like, I didn't know that. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Censorship is crazy. And I'm not a fan. But (laughs) so let's talk about when you said from a low fee. So (laughs) my first question is, are there people who are charging a high fee? And what would be considered a high fee? I would say on Patreon, a higher fee would be like over, would be maybe over $50 Mm -hmm. a month or maybe even over a hundred a month. So somewhere in that range, you're talking about it, you know, cause people are signing up monthly and it's also just known to be like, oh, it's like how much your coffee is going to cost. Like that's the way it's been kind of, it's been talked about. And so yeah. five, 10, 15, $25 is very customary on that platform. So when you go higher than that, it's like, okay, this better be real good. Okay. And I've also listened to podcasters who I, I don't subscribe to their Patreon, but I've heard them say, the easiest way to support the show is by joining our Patreon, where you'll pay us a small fee and you'll listen to all these episodes ad free. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. an option as well. What is the lowest price point for a Patreon monthly fee? Yes. So if it's lower than $3, they take a larger cut. So mm. you don't want to go with like a dollar or $2. You want it. So I would say, you know, from my perspective, $5 is the lowest you want to go. And how much of that does Patreon take? So this is one of the biggest differences between Patreon and Apple is that Patreon takes 8 to 12% based on what you're getting from them. So based on what you're getting from them, what do you mean? Yeah. So they have extra services that you pay for in that percentage. So if you want like their base package, they're going to take 8% of each person. And then if you want them to, one of the perks of like the 12% package that they have is that they'll send your merchandise for you. So if you have like a a mug or whatever that you offer to your listeners, they'll actually do that production. Wow. Yes. That's a newer thing. They'll actually like package it up, send it off. Do they also have any involvement in the, well, they would have to have involvement in the storage, shipping and fulfillment. Do they have Mm -hmm. involvement in the production? Is it you know, what do you call it? Print on demand? Yes. So Ah. they've partnered with someone, not sure exactly who it is, but they partnered with someone who's doing all of that production. So I believe it's like, you just like send them your, I want my logo on a mug and they create it for you and they do all of that. Which is great because especially when you're just for starting a Patreon, you can't afford to buy mass quantity. So a print on demand is a nice way to build that reciprocity in your audience, helping them have like a little piece of you. Not that you're going to especially when you're first starting out, be able to retire on that. I'm sure that the margins aren't great if they're mm-hmm. you know doing print on demand, but I like yeah. that option. And mm-hmm. does that scale? So the, the scale slides according to how much Patreon provides for you in terms of their services. Correct. Does it also slide according to how many subscribers you have? So if I'm a top Patreon podcaster and I have hundreds of thousands of subscribers, does my fee go down? No. Interesting. Okay, right. Then. So you can get it. You can get away with 8%. Like you don't need, most people don't need those higher services. Mm. You know, I'm sure Patreon would probably argue otherwise, but so you can stick with 8%, but yeah, it's, you're not going to go down. You're not going to go up based on how many subscribers you have. Substack. It just came to me. The other option that I am hearing some podcasters talk about is doing a Substack. Don't know much mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. Anyway, so once a podcaster decides, okay, this is an option I'm very interested in. Is there a minimum number of free subscribers that they need to kind of make sure that they have before starting a Patreon? Yeah, I think that there is, but 
it really depends on like how close are these people following you? Mm. So if you've got a hundred people that are listening to your show, that's a pretty, you know, small number, let's be honest. But if they're like loyal fans and you're really talking about something that's so personal and these people are just like the best listeners, you could turn, you know, 50% of those people over to Patreon. But it just kind of depends on really what their loyalty is and how good your content is and how much this really makes sense. So I would say if you have 20 listeners, you're probably not ready for Patreon, but, you know, know and survey your audience. Hey, you know, are you guys interested in this? How interested are you in this? So you can get a feel so you can start it with and not spend, you know, a ton of time before you, you have <laughs> at least some people over on Patreon. Lauren, it doesn't sound like it's a a big upfront cost, especially when they're just taking a percentage. So you don't have to pay an initial startup, if I'm understanding. You you as the creator don't have to pay a monthly fee. Is that accurate? Correct. Yes. So really the only thing I would assume, correct me if I'm wrong, that a relatively new or smaller podcaster might want to consider is, do I really want to invest is it worth it for me to invest more time in developing my Patreon platform, which would I assume is some additional content, messaging, customer service, production, and promotion? Right. Mm-hmm. So, okay. you know, if you're only going to have maybe five people over there, is that worth your time to create whatever you're going to be creating that's extra? And what do you think it makes for a really enticing Patreon offer? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it comes down to access to the creator. Mm. I think that's really like, especially your more expensive tiers, you know, people, it's really common to have like three tiers. Okay. So if you're, your more expensive tier, like we said, maybe a $25 option is access to you. People want to hang out with you that this is the nature of podcasting, right? Like, just like you said, like folding laundry, people want to have more of you in their life. So it doesn't necessarily need to be like you live or you one-on-one, but it's a deeper access to you, depending on what you're giving them in the lower tiers. They want to be, you know, your best top fan. So what does that mean for your brand? Interesting. Okay. When, when you say tiers, just to really explain that to people, that means that if I'm interested in joining Lauren's Patreon, I log on to Lauren's Patreon page and I can see that there are different payment options and each one of those payment options represents a tier. And each tier, I think, probably has certain offers, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. some on this tier, you get X number of extra podcasts per month ad-free. On this tier, you get that same thing. In addition to that, you'll get, um, I'm going to come over to your house and give you a foot massage, like whatever the thing is, right? <laughs> yeah. And so do you have to do multiple tiers? You don't have to. So do you recommend you, it? I would recommend it for sure. If you only wanted to do one tier, like you're just like, I just want to get this up or I just have one idea and I just want to do this. Then it's, you want to do a lower tier. You probably don't want to start with twenty a $25 tier. You want to say, hey, you can just pay $5 a month for the show and I'll give you my episodes ad-free. So it's not okay. even extra work for you or it's, you know, a, you know, maybe a extra episode a month. So you're just producing one more extra or something like that. But yeah. So if you just wanted to do one, then, then keep it simple for yourself. And is there too many tiers? Yeah. You can always have too many options, right? And people then go into like analysis paralysis and don't know, they walk away (laughs) from their computer. So I would say I've seen five tiers and honestly, like, you know, two of them aren't doing well. 
Yeah. So I think three is really the magic number. If you really nail down what people love, then you could have two and they could be rocking it. But I think three is the magic number. I've also seen on a couple of different Patreon creators, they have a tier that's like $3 and it's just basically tipping them. Mm -hmm. Do you recommend that? I think just go with like a an easier $5 one. Yeah. For me, it's just my personal opinion. The way that you can support me is by supporting my paid advertisers, right? And those are people that I hand select and they're people whose products I use. And I guess the other way to support is by joining a, one of the Patreon tiers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if we're talking about $2 a month difference, like for yeah. $3, they can just tip you or for $5, they can get this. It's like, just choose one of those. You don't need both. Okay. So let's talk about now operationally what this looks like. So mm-hmm. I have a, let's just say that what I'm going to do is create one tier. It's a $5 tier. Hypothetically speaking, I'm just going to load up my podcast with no advertising on there. And that's it for my single tier. On that tier, people join for $5. How do they then get that those podcast episodes that they normally would be getting on their Spotify or Apple or whatever podcast app they're listening to, they normally just open up their app and my shows show up. How do they then go from, you know, getting that free content to getting the paid content in their same app? Yeah. So with, if you're using Apple podcasts and you're, and we're talking Patreon, it's really easy. So it will, Patreon will walk you through how to add the paid content as its own podcast. Like it'd be like the Shaleen show paid is what we'd call it or the builder okay, tribe paid. Sure. You can add it to your Apple podcast. So when you open up Apple podcasts, you'll see build your tribe. And then you'll also see build your tribe paid or whatever. So it's, it looks just like it. You just have to add it one time. When you say that Patreon walks you through that, do you mean that they send you instructions? They give you a tutorial? Like how is my mom going to be able to handle this? Yeah, it's not really, really great. Like if you have someone that's like, okay, they can't figure, like you had to subscribe for the podcast for them. Like you had to do it for them. Then you're going to have to do this for, for them as Got well. It. But it, they do send you instructions and okay. it's like three clicks. Okay. Okay. Do, do, do. It's clicks. It's clicks. Right. Now, if I would listen to it on, like, let's say for example, I'm, cause I'm just thinking about this, a couple of the patrons that I, I pay for, I only see them on my podcast app within Apple. But when I go to listen on Spotify, I don't see them. So do I have to add it on each and every podcast app that I listen to? Yes. And you can't add them to Spotify. Period. Uh-huh. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. And that's Spotify holding back, not wanting Patreon to be able to use them because Spotify even has their own paid, but you have to be selected. It's not the same. But Spotify is like, nope, no thank you. Mm, so that's probably coming. Mm-hmm. Something. That's um, interesting. Yeah. So I can already tell, like now I, I know for myself with my audience, that means that I also have to take into consideration the customer service complaints and issues that this is going to bring up for us because the average person is going to see like I paid for it and now I've just opened up a different app. Where is it? You know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I want a refund. <laughs> yeah. So as far as messaging goes, because I, I agree with you, like making this as clear as possible for your audience is essential. You want them to have a good experience. You want them to understand exactly how to do it. Right. So what I've learned over time is that 
it used to be that everyone was using Apple Podcasts. So it was like, hey, everyone's using it. If you're not, you're kind of the outlier. That's not the case anymore. So what I recommend now is that the podcaster recommends to their audience that they use the Patreon app. Ah. Because there's really two reasons. The episodes are right there. They can listen right away. But also there's a community feature. You can comment Uh. and like those, any posts that the creator makes, it's kind of like it's its own world. Mm. So, so as much as I don't like saying, Hey, you have to download a new app because there'll be some resistance there. It's easier. And it's very straightforward. Like just download the app and log in and you'll see me. And they've already created a Patreon account. So that's my recommendation. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. That's good advice. That's really good advice because that's something that I think we just have to get ahead of it and really do a great job as the creator of explaining that to our, our customers, our, Mm -hmm. our, our deepest fans, the ones who are the most loyal because I, I know myself personally, I've struggled with that. I'm like, wait, where is my Patreon? And I didn't even realize that I could listen to them from the app. I realized I can go to the site on my desktop, but I, I didn't even think about listening to them just from the Patreon app. So yeah. great tip there. Instagram is its own beast. It is so huge. It's like five platforms in one. How do we take a platform that changes almost every week and help people The answer is we need to create a membership site. And that's exactly what we did. We created a club, a membership portal, a place for people like you who want to know just specifically about Instagram. Maybe you showed up on the platform a little after everybody else did and you feel so behind the eight ball. Or maybe you love Instagram. It's your jam, but you just don't have the time to read the case studies and to constantly be figuring out how the algorithm is changing. Like you literally need someone to do all of that research for you. You need a place where you can log in, you can type your query and a tutorial that has been filmed within the last couple of weeks pops up that teaches you exactly how to do it. Brock and I will be going live inside the Insta Club Hub. This is a membership site that is going to blow your mind if you're trying to reach more people, the right kind of people, like real, live, targeted followers, the kind of people who want to do business with you. And you want to do that on Instagram. You want to take advantage of the Instagram algorithm. Insta Club Hub is for you and you're going to be blown away. To learn more, go to instaclubhub.com. That's instaclubhub.com. And of course, there's a clickable link in our show notes to make it really simple for you. What do you think podcasters need to do before they launch in terms of promotion, Mm -hmm. in terms of strategy, in terms of thinking through how they want to and what they want to launch. I think I see it best working by you surveying your audience. So like saying, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you guys think? Number one, if your audience isn't talking back to you, it's probably too soon. Mm, (laughs) You're not even doing anything. Yep. So they're, let's say they're talking back to you. Maybe they've been asking for this. You say on Instagram or, or whatever, what do you guys think about this? What would you want? And start that conversation. That's the promotion. That's the market research. That's definitely where I would start and stay for, I don't know how long it'll take, maybe a week or two, right? Of just gathering information and then thinking through, like we talked about the production. Am I really ready to take on this extra stuff? Because we can get really excited and like build up a whole thing and say, wait a second. Okay. Do I just want to launch these and then have this higher priced one? I can add on a little later once I get a feel for it. So 
you know, make sure you have some perspective over the workload and then go for it. So I think as your audience needs to definitely know about it beforehand, I wouldn't do it as like a surprise. People yeah. launch podcasts as a surprise, yeah. but I wouldn't do that for this. Yeah, that's a really great point. And, and that's kind of what we do. We talked to our audience, talked to them about what it is they wanted. Then we sketched out what we thought each tier would look like. And then I decided to just sleep on it. Like we were getting really, really close to launching. And it was that week that just what I already do felt like too much, you yeah. know? And I was like, okay, let's scale this back. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do three tiers. I don't have to do anything. So yep. what what's realistic? What's really realistic? So I try to make every decision based on will I still have peace and will I find joy in doing this? Because if it becomes a burden or something that feels hard or cumbersome or stressful, then it, I mean, everything can be stressful at some point, right? Like mm-hmm. even eating ice cream can be stressful. I'm just saying, like, generally speaking, is it going to bring me joy and am I going to love doing it? And what I think I had sketched out was too much and I'm notorious for that. So then we just really took our time and we still haven't launched because I'm still just like going, okay, now I want to go through a typical week of producing that much content and see how does that feel? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think you don't have to say like, you're going to do a new episode every week. You, like people pay for a one new episode a month. That's all that they're paying for. They're paying $5 for one episode a month. Whereas like a podcast, podcast, just normal podcast that would just have one a month. You're not going to make a lot of ground. Right. Yeah. And the other part about Patreon and Apple subscriptions is a lot of it is community building. You know, mm. you're taking a subset of your community and you're really going deep with them. So it, when you're looking through all your great ideas, what are the things that are going to be most fun for your true lifers or your mm. next level lifer? You know, just stick with that stuff. If they don't care about ads, then maybe that's okay. Get rid of that one. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so think, think about that. That's interesting. So that leads me to my next question about community building. Mm. Most of us as entrepreneurs, and and I would say the majority of podcasters who are probably listening or watching to this or watching this have other streams of income. This is an Mm add-on, right? And so when we think about community, community can feel stressful. Community can feel like one more thing that we've got to take care of. I've got this Facebook page. I've got my Instagram community. I've got my membership community. I've got my community on the community app, like all these different communities that you really have to pour into. How much does a creator really need to pour into their Patreon community? So I would say kind of like a Facebook group, it can be as much as you want to give it. You can be there. You Mm. be there as much as you want, but the community also can kind of take its own shape, right? And, and so that's kind of how a Facebook group can become if you allow it. If you've got your talents in it, <laughs> you know, that's that's something you need to look deep within yourself. Right. But maybe I need to let go a little bit. But, you know, especially I see this a lot on Patreon is the community kind of exists. They want to hang out. And this is one place that they can hang out together. So you don't have to be there all the time. Mm, you, don't, you don't need to be responding to comments like you would on Instagram. Like there can be conversations happening where you're not, you know, you don't need to be everywhere on Patreon. That makes sense. And I think that's a probably pretty helpful perspective for all of us to think about when it comes to community. Like you said, whether it's Facebook or Patreon, community means that we've brought people together who have similar interests and they connect. They can Mm -hmm. start the conversations. You know, we're there to kind of oversee things and make sure no one gets hurt, Mm -hmm. to chime in from time to time. But if it's truly a community, then it should be dialogue between them, not monologue from 
the creator per se. Exactly. And that's one of the pluses of Patreon is it takes the podcast from being a monologue and allows people to start talking about the topic, but also things that are adjacent to the topic. Very interesting. Okay. I'm loving this. And when somebody is first starting their Patreon, what things do we need? Do we need to have a Stripe account? Do they process the payments? What does that look like? Yeah. So they process the payments through Stripe or PayPal. So you're going to have that 3% processing fee on top of the- In addition of the eight. Correct. Okay. Yeah. On top of that. So you don't need a Stripe account coming into it. You, but you would set one up through Patreon. Okay. Um, you also need, so if you, you already have a podcast, so you would need new podcast cover art because okay. now you have your show, the paid version. So mm-hmm. the, the cover art needs to look different. So you'll need that. You'll need a cover image for Patreon. Like a banner talking. like you would see on Facebook? Exactly. Yep. Okay. You need some copy. So there's a couple spots where it's going to say, you know, why should people listen? That type of thing pretty basic stuff. So not a lot, not a ton. And yeah, that's about it. So then let me ask you this. When it comes to launching a Patreon after you've had a free podcast for a bazillion years, such as myself, there's going to be kickback. There's going to be negative feedback. There's going to be those people who are like, how dare you? You know, podcasts are supposed to be free, blah, blah, blah. Even with my own example, when we start talking about doing a Patreon, we have those fans who are super excited and can't wait and don't care even what we put up. They're going to support it. And I love them. And then we have those very boisterous people who are angry, even though we're not taking anything away. This is going to be in addition to. So what advice do you have? Because I've heard this happen to many people when they launch a Patreon is they get really gun shy, although it might be a very minority based percentage of their audience but they're often like the loudest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do you deal with that negativity? It's so common. And a lot of podcasters, they do take away from their free. They're uh. not doing, like they'll take, not a lot, but they'll take a piece away and that becomes the paid. And it's so common. And what I think is like, kind of as as you teach, people get out of the car at some point. You're yep. taking customers on a journey and they don't, they can actually stay in a car, but there's going to be like a cooler car that is going to Patreon. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, but it's, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, you know, take your emotions out of it and look at it. Okay. Do these people have a, a valid point? Is this a, a large majority of my audience? If it is a subset and you've got people that are really excited about it, then realize you're not going to make everybody happy. And right. there's that certain person who hates anything that's not free. They can hang out on the free uh, podcast, yeah. but you know, you just move on. Love it. Great advice. And when it comes to promoting your Patreon, here's another thing that I struggle with. I do promote both my podcasts. We're recording this for Build Your Tribe. I promote the Build Your Tribe and I promote the Shaleen Show on my Instagram stories. I don't promote them on my Instagram feed because that's where my deeper audience is. They're on my stories. Do I also promote my Patreon in the same way that I promote my regular free podcasts? You don't. Mm. So you don't do it in the same way because the paid podcast is kind of an extension of the Shaleen Show, right? or it might it might be an extension of both of them but instead you're promoting the paid version on the free version so it's kind of like listen to my free stuff first that's almost like, like any, the lead magnet if you will exactly exactly so you could drop hints it'd be smart to drop hints of like oh yeah we talked about that on the patreon if you're not familiar 
you know, go here and you can check it out. So you could kind of drop hints, but you don't, I wouldn't, you know, promote it in the same way of, Hey, we just released a new episode on Patreon, because then again, you're kind of giving people so many options of listening to you instead promote the paid on the free. Mm. I got a great question from a member of my audience. I've been dying to save this one for last. And that is, Mm -hmm. I I have a member of Marketing Impact Academy who's also thinking about starting a Patreon specifically to share very personal stories about their trauma. And they don't want a couple of different family members to have to hear these episodes. Is there a way on Patreon to block a person's email or to block any individual? So you can like remove people. But you can't block them from joining. Yeah. So you'd it. have to almost do it like the after fact. Mm. Yeah. So they, yeah, they would have to join and then you'd have to remove them. You'd also have to find them and assume that they've used their real name and email address. Correct. Ah, uh, so tough. So it could be a little, yeah, it'll be yeah. a little sticky. Maybe your safest bet is if that person is absolutely has zero tech savviness that maybe you'll be safe. But ultimately, it's still a public forum, even though mm-hmm. it's a paid forum. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Or you Something just to think, consider. you think like, okay, what's this? What price point is this person not going to pay for this information? <laughs> like, you know, maybe it's like $25. A super okay, cheap relative. Right. (laughs) That's so funny. That's awesome. Well, Lauren, I just, I appreciate what you do. And, you know, I think so many people think, as I mentioned at the beginning, that if you just create a great podcast, people are going to find out about it. But man, the landscape has changed significantly. So parting words, what advice do you have, setting Patreon aside for a moment, now that we've got you, what advice do you have for that person who started a podcast and they're just, every single week, the only promotion they're doing is maybe doing a couple stories about it on their Instagram page and they are telling people in their podcast, you know, send this to a friend. What are they missing? What aren't they doing that could really boost their numbers? So one thing I would tell them is don't compare your numbers to other people, but also don't compare your numbers to like your Instagram numbers. Mm. You know, we're used to like 250,000, you know, 1 million followers on Instagram. We've normalized those numbers. Podcasting, we're talking a lot smaller because these are real people that are showing up and listening to you talk for 20, 40 plus minutes. More than four seconds of a reel. Exactly. This is a completely (laughs) different relationship with it, with a listener versus an Instagrammer. So, so, so get your mind right about your numbers because people will have 200 listeners and feel like they don't have enough people. So Mm. get get your mind right. Number one, about your numbers. Number two, getting people to talk back to you. That is like the the number one thing I would focus on because if you think you're putting out really great content, but no one is giving you feedback, do whatever you can. There's lots of, you know, you can do a promo, a giveaway, whatever it is to get people to talk to you, because then you can start to get feedback on your content on who these people are that are listening mm. and you can and you can really form the show around your vision but also why people listen. So that's what I would say is is get people to talk to you. And when you say um, to to ask them for that feedback and get into these conversations that we should be having with our listeners is that typically happening on a social media platform? Yep. Okay. Typically, yeah. I mean, they can write reviews. So that's one way, but for the most part you're asking them, yeah, to go over to Instagram and let you know what they thought about the show, that kind of thing. I would love to get your opinion on this. My, I'm going to start with my opinion. When I first started my podcast, if I had a, a well-known or a notable guest on my podcast, 
they would often share it or talk about it or promote the fact that they're on the podcast and it would give the podcast a little bump, not a big bump, a little bump. Today, I found that because everyone has a podcast and anyone who's notable is probably on five podcasts a week, they aren't promoting the podcast mm-hmm. that they're on. So it's so much work to try to get these big guests on your shows and it doesn't result in additional subscribers whatsoever. Right. So for me personally, my recommendation for a new podcaster is to get yourself on other podcasts because those now you're in front of people who already listen to podcasts. And if you're on somebody's show who kind of relates to you or is in your target audience, in your industry, et cetera, now you're already talking about a listener who's a very a pretty targeted listener. Mm-hmm. So that, that's my recommendation is, is not to worry about getting those big guests so much as I would think about how can I be a great guest for other people? Mm -hmm. I totally agree. And one thing I say is when you go on other shows, you're going to grow the number of listeners. But when Mm. you have really great guests, no matter how much clout they have, but when you have really great guests, that's how you grow the loyalty of your already existing listeners. You're giving Uh, them great content. But you're like you said, you're not usually reaching a, a bigger pool of people. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, that's fun. Anything that's just like you're, you know, dying to tell us that it has changed in the podcast landscape or a big mistake that new podcasters make anything at all closing last thoughts gosh i mean i would just say again the whole thing about numbers and don't you know don't compare yourself if you know if you are feeling great about the show don't feel like that you're not growing fast enough and that's with anything in business right like if you feel great about it and people are enjoying it then just keep going yeah It's so true. It is so true. We can really rob ourselves of the joy that we get from the work that we do when we look at, because there's always going to be somebody out there who's doing better than you, always Mm -hmm. making more, has more subscribers, has more, all those things. So if we're looking to compare ourselves, the only thing I personally think we should compare ourselves is, okay, how was I doing last month? Or how was I doing six months ago? How am I doing mentally? How do I feel about this? Am I enjoying it? Those are Mm -hmm. great comparisons and a great way to evaluate your success. But you're right. You just rob yourself of the joy of, I think podcasting is one of the greatest things I've ever, like, I don't mean greatest things, funnest things, most rewarding things I've ever done in my career. And I can't even imagine what my life would be like if I, it's therapy for me. And it's, I've got like such a deep connection with the people who listen to my podcast. Like when I meet people and they're like, I've done your workout for eight years. I'm like, that's so cool. But when someone says, I've listened to 50 of your last podcast episodes, I'm like, oh, like I feel instantly connected. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. It's totally different. It's the intimacy of podcasting. It's real. Do you help people launch their podcast? I do. That's kind of where my podcast management business started was with launching. So uh, I don't do that as much anymore. I do more of like consultant roles. And you help people figure out how to become a podcast manager. Yes. Yeah. Which is a really important gig. Like that is such a cool job. And it's something that I love that this is a niche that you've developed or or stumbled into, or you've been able to serve people because people don't even realize like if you have a podcast manager, like the game changes. A hundred percent. And that's how podcasts stay around is because if someone's doing it all, all the work on themselves it can be kind of soul sucking, right? Mm-hmm, like they love mm-hmm. they love speaking into the microphone, but all the other stuff that ha- has to happen each week, it, they just kind of, you know, it can just get to them over time. It's a lot of work. So when they have someone helping, they can stay in their zone of genius and deliver their best content and have help. <laughs> what type of individual is the ideal podcast manager? 
Who needs to think about it as a career? Yeah. Anyone who is kind of attracted to like the freelance lifestyle, likes to work in their own time, and also really wants to help podcasters get their message out there. You kind of like the behind the scenes role and you know all these great influencers or whatnot that have a great message, then you can help them to get that message out there. So if that is really motivating to you, then it would be a good role. So if podcast manager isn't necessarily the person who's editing audio, more so they're coming up with strategy, they're managing the process. Is that accurate? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Booking guests. Right. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much, Lauren. You're just a wealth of information. Where can people reach out to you if they're interested in learning more? Yes. So you can go to my website, which is laurenwrighton.com. And then I'm also on Instagram at laurenwrighton. And we will have all of those just so you're certain of the the spelling, et cetera. We'll have those in the show notes as well as our description. Lauren, it's just a pleasure to have you. It makes me so happy to know that people like you who are, you know, a Marketing Impact Academy student who've just, you found your thing and you found a niche, you're serving others and you're really good at it. Yes. Thank you so much for that. And thank you so much for having me. You got it. If you enjoyed this show, please don't forget to make sure you're subscribed and following along. Build Your Tribe is available on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and most every podcast app. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave a five-star review and tell us specifically what you enjoyed. We'd love to know. Build Your Tribe is released every Tuesday and Thursday. From Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, be sure to follow and subscribe to Shalene's other podcast, The Shalene Show. It's about living your best life, improving all areas like mindset, habits, relationships, nutrition, ADHD, fitness, self-care, sleep, and so much more. Links to anything referenced in today's episode, as well as show sponsors and other podcasts, can be found below in our show notes.